Welcome rock and metal fans. Coming to you from the barns of Amish country and pastures of cows are those two bad boys of rock and metal. B1 Bomb and the Smuts. Bringing you the best rock and metal bands from the 80s and 90s and today. Playing and discussing music from the featured bands with special guests, interviews, contests and more. So grab a beer and turn it up. It's time for the Headbangers Vault. Hey, this is the Headbangers Bolt. This is the B1 Bomb. I'm the Smuts. What's up, everyone? And tonight, Schmutz, we got a couple big guests on awesome. the show. Yeah. We got Stacy and Freddie from The Brave. How are you doing, What's fellas? Up, guys? Doing great, guys. How you doing? Good. Good. We're glad to have you on the show here tonight. So, we're going to dive right into this, fellas. We want to know the beginning of your career. How this all started. Yeah. Well, we were uh, originally from a place called Lancaster, California, out about 45 minutes uh, outside of Los Angeles. And two of us, Malcolm and I, had come out here from Texas and somehow ended up in Lancaster. That's where I met Freddie because I owned a music store there. And Freddie came in one day and was, uh, my brother told me about him, who was our original drummer, Randy. Uh, Randy worked for me at the music store and told me about this kid who could totally play. Mm-hmm. And I was guitar at the time. That's where Freddie came in. That's how I met him. I had already had my, my band started. It was called Fax, F-A-X-X. Mm-hmm. And it was James Salters, who's on the Battle Cries record, uh, Malcolm, who's on the Battle Cries record, and then two other guys. And Freddie and my brother became best friends. And when I found out how Freddie played, I'm like, man, I got to get this guy in my band. He didn't really know what he was doing yet, but he had this technical facility that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So once I kind of unlocked a fretboard for him, we just started working out harmonies of stuff that we liked, and we were both big Striper fans, big Guardian fans. Okay. So we could work out some of those Striper harmonies and stuff. And I was like, once my band was a little bit fractured and I knew we needed to make some changes, we um, went from being having a keyboard player and another guitar player and another drummer to just me, James, and Malcolm. I recruited my brother and uh, Freddie when they were both pretty young. Randy was only maybe 19 and Freddie was 14. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, and I, I'm 10 years older than Freddie, so I was already 24. So we started playing around. We played for about two years and got uh, noticed by Pachyderm about a year into it. Mm-hmm. And John actually, John Elefante came out to see, to our hometown, to see another mm-hmm. band that they were looking Ooh. to sign. Weren't looking for us. They were uh, <laughs> there that we were opening up for. But they heard James and they heard our guitars and they loved it. And I met John after the uh, after the show and he said, "Hey, uh, I really like that song you closed with because we used to close with Carry On My Wayward Son." Mm-hmm. Arguably the best cover that anyone's ever done of that song because we were a five part vocal band. Oh. So everybody in the band sang. Even now, everybody in the band can sing. Uh, that's how we got noticed by them. And then they followed us for about a year, sent A and R out to us, and uh, everyone they talked to about shows that were going on in California. They were like, did you see anybody? And they go, no. Well, there was this one band, and it would always end up being us. And so eventually we played it. Where was it? From Whiskey or Gazari? Uh, we actually, and when they first saw us, we're at the Roxy, actually. Mm-hmm. So at the Roxy, they in our guy, Ron Golder, out to see us. And uh, he goes, I think that we're going to be able to put some together here. So the way it had worked is they had had Halo already in X-Center. They had um, Guardian. 
And Guardian was really instrumental in getting them to really pay attention to us because every time we played with Guardian, they would go, have they called you yet? <laughs> and right. uh, especially Tony Palacios, he couldn't have been a bigger uh, catalyst in, in helping us to get signed. And so finally we did. We came, became really good friends with Guardian, and um, they signed us, and we started making battle cries, and um, that's kind of how we got started. Did you guys play quite a bit on the Sunset Strip with a lot of the other bands at that time? Yeah, we we were in the, I think we first, we just started playing the scene just right after, like, Warrant and Poison got signed. So we were still in the mix, and then, yeah, we did that whole scene at you know, Roxy, Troubadour, Kasari, Whiskey, Whiskey, the Viper Room. That's how we kind of arrived at our name because of the, you know, the crazy places that we'd end up playing in. And, uh, you oh, know, sure. we were, uh, we're pretty vocal as far as talking about our, our faith and uh, okay. that's how Good. Our Did you guys play with like a lot of the other secular bands at the time too? Yeah, you know, I, I remember, what, what, you're not, uh, original band, uh, Love Watch. Yeah, so there was a band just like us. Uh, the guys from You're Not were out in the scene as well. They were called Love Life at the time. Okay. But just like us, they, they were, you know, it would be the shows that would have two, three, four bands. We, we'd always play with, uh, you know, we'd get invited to play with a lot of the secular bands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it's pretty crazy. It, it's funny when my boys ask me about it, it it's pretty they haven't seen the scene like we, we saw back in the day, but right. still pretty cool. That's awesome that you guys were there, though. Yeah. I mean, that's, that was a yeah, crazy time. Signed, uh, we actually got to play with Loverboy and Foreigner. Uh, we played festivals with Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith. So we, oh, we wow. played a lot of guys that you know we were into. But when we were playing the club, we were usually booked on what they would consider um, Christian night. Mm-hmm. So we met guys like in Surrender. We played with Holy Soldier. Okay. If they were playing on the West Coast, we played with them. Did you guys ever play with that band called Ransom? We did. Oh, wow. Yeah, we did. Wow. Yeah, we did. We played with them. And a lot of bands that ended up becoming something later, we played with them, too. We um, Most guys that we worked with ended up going on to something else. Like, John was with us after uh, Trust, and he's with us now, but he's with Trace Atkins now. The guy that played on uh, the Trust album, Jamie Wallum, he plays for Tears for Fears. Oh, so, Wow. Yeah, so plus I owned a music store in the Antelope Valley, and because it was so close to L.A., a lot of the famous people, I mean, we knew James Coddock from the Scorpions. He came in all the time, Carmine of Peace. Wow. Uh, Ricky Rocket, when my brother passed away, um, he had worked for Ricky at, at Rocket Drumworks from Poison, and uh, wow. Ricky had to contact me about Randy's death, and he actually spoke at Randy's funeral. So it was, oh, wow. We were in a small knit kind of knit area, so it wasn't, unusual for us to be hanging out with guys from Ricky Martin's band or we're friends with all for one we played on their record so me and Freddie particularly we were involved with a lot of people uh, outside of the Braves just especially you Fred you were you were involved with more people than I was the yeah. Commodores all for one I mean a lot of R&B stuff but yeah I mean as we at the time we you know we didn't think anything of it but as we look back it's like wow you know the it's weird yeah <laughs> that's awesome so what was it like working with John Elefante? <laughs> Depends on which one of us you're talking to. <laughs> I've heard stories about working with him. I will tell you this about John. An absolute genius musically. I mean, I've when I met him, I saw what I thought I would turn into. And I think I've gotten pretty close. I mean, I've, I already knew how to do a lot of the stuff that John 
did, but I, I wasn't on autopilot yet like he was. Music just flowed out of that guy. I humbly say that I'm fortunate that that kind of happens with me too, um, but I don't take it for granted at all. It's a gift from God. It isn't anything I created. But watching John work, I was amazed at the depth of ideas the guy had. I worked with him more. I did pre-production with him. I was the only one that did pre-production with him because I was the main songwriter. Mm-hmm. I'd go to his house and we'd take songs that we either had or I think at his house, we only worked up on the songs that I had written so that he could kind of rearrange them the way that he thought it would fit best on the, the album. But then him and Dino also had, what they had about five songs on Battle Cry? So it's kind of half ours and half theirs. But it wasn't because we had more than enough songs. They just had an idea of what they wanted us to kind of be pitched to radio for. And we were a little heavier. They always had the journey-type harmonies and foreigner-type but they kind of changed the sound. We thought, if you were to ask us now what we sounded like, I would have said Queen's Right Me Journey. Oh, okay, yeah. So, yeah. I can hear that. Yeah, you know, heavier music with uh, with more melodies. So, like on Evie's Little Garden, songs that didn't make it through that we did pitch to John and Dino, Run to You, I've Always Wondered. These are songs I didn't think fit in at the time with us. Even on um, Alive from uh, Gravedigger, that was one that we had pitched. That was one of our our go-to songs, and they didn't, they didn't want it on there. So now the hmm. had gone. said, you know, these were great songs. Freddie kind of had to talk me into it because I don't like going backwards. Uh, even though Freddie wasn't on uh, Gravedigger, he is on briefly on Evie's Little Garden. Okay. Uh, but full time. So he would always advise me kind of like, yeah, dude, you got to bring some of this stuff back. And um, he's my best friend. So, I mean, when Thank he you. tries to my arm, it's pretty easy for me to give in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Even on this new album that we have coming, what are the songs we're doing that we're back in that for you? And then what's the, uh, Rife Again? When You Believe, actually. When you believe. We got three songs that we were playing back uh, 30 years ago, but they're great songs, we think. Mm-hmm. And uh, they still preserve that pop and hard edge that we thought we had back then. We're kind of trying to get back to who we were in the first place. Awesome. So we did when we became the Brave, but we also learned a wealth of information of how you should put a song together. And um, I'll be forever thankful for being around John and Dino for that, because Dino was just as good as John as far as coming up with ideas for a track. Yeah. He just didn't think much, but he, you know, he's a, he could come up with some great guitar parts, and mm-hmm. and he knew how, where to take melodies just like John did, even though he was he didn't sing like John did, but he could still come up with a really good hook or a good melody. Or a lot of times, courses he had he had built them there right in front of us, and we were like, that's cool, man. I'll tell you what, I I love the album Battle Cries. I love that Thanks. first yeah, album. I uh, do too. I think it's I mean, awesome. I'm, I'm like a big like hair metal kind yeah. of guy. Yeah, we both are. And uh, I, I just love that whole album. I mean, I could I could put that on and just listen to it. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. I love it. Thank you. Thank you we guys for putting yeah. it out. One thing about that that a lot of people don't know is as big a Queensrÿche and Dawkins fans we were. Neil Kernan, who mixed Operation Mindcrime and then Dawkins Under Lock and Key, he mixed that record for us. Oh wow, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's awesome. Stuff, but that's I don't know how anyone can get around it. That's, to me, that's one of the coolest things that's ever happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's awesome. So I just want to say, uh, The Waiting is my favorite song on there. I love that song. It's well, got me through a lot of nights. I like Just a Man. I think that's a really awesome yeah, ballad song. Well, both of those, I wrote them, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, awesome. <laughs> Did John and Dino produce your second album, too? Yeah. The, Dino was, was a part of Trust more than, than John was. I think we caught John... And um, kind of in between him wanting to return to playing live, I think he was doing some spot Kansas gigs, right? And um, not a lot of people know, but he was almost with Toto for a little bit. Oh, um, wow. So while he was doing that, 
we were in the studio finishing Trust. So, uh, yeah, John was there, but for the most part, Dino had you know more involvement than, than John did on Trust. Okay. Well, the other, they were moving their studio back to Nashville, yeah. and so they opened up, I think, one of the biggest um, studios in the the Nashville area. Was, it was called the Sound Kitchen, and it ended up being a place where George Strait, Vince Gill, oh. everybody that was anybody recorded there. But okay. they went back at her to the Sound Kitchen, and we had a five album deal, but the only way we were going to get to do two, or three, four, and five were to move back to Nashville. And because I owned the company, we just we just didn't want to do that. Right. You know, Guardian went back. They only stayed with them briefly, and then they they went on to do some other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Taylor, and um, I, I think that's who produced some of their stuff. But okay. um, but the funny thing is, I was there the day that John got the call from Toto. There'd never been any talk about it or anything. And I'm sitting there, he goes, hang on, I got to take this phone call. He comes back and he's kind of grinning. And he goes, well, you wouldn't believe who that was. And I go, who's that? And he goes, now, you got to understand, me and Freddie were massive Toto fans. Mm-hmm. Massive. So he goes, well, that was Toto. They want me to sing for him. And immediately I thought, well, if you're going to be in two bands, Kansas and Toto, you're the Wizard of Oz, man. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's awesome. I saw Toto open up for Journey, I think it was like two years ago. Oh, wow. Oh, man. That was an epic show, man. That was awesome. Did you guys tour quite a bit for the first two albums? Yeah, we toured a ton on on the Battle Cries album. When Trust came along, you know, we transitioned uh, singers and, uh, and drummers. Yeah, and drummers, actually. And bass player. <laughs> Another guitar player in the second year. Basically, it was just me and you and Randy still left. So, what am I forgetting about this? Well, we, we, we only played some shows with, with uh, Trust, but a lot had happened between Battle Cries and Trust, you know, R- moving on from Yeah, a lot has happened, like, from that yeah. first album to the second grunge album. Grunge was moving in, and... That was the biggest thing, is that Grunge changed everybody, put everyone in a bad mood. You know what the yeah. thing is? <laughs> right. Every now and then, we see different um, reviews, or, 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 or states will feel different questions about, you know, will you guys ever get back to... Uh, you know, the original Brave stuff. For Stace and I, when we look at each other, we're like, I don't even remember what the original Brave stuff, but I remember what, what the original fact stuff was. So when we're facing that question, it's, it's kind of, you know, it throws us off a little bit because like like Stace was saying, you know, really for, for me, I thought we, we were more of a pop dream theater kind of band. And, and uh, yeah. so we heard dream theater come out and, and they got to do everything that we wanted to do, some of the battle cuts. Stuff. For me, being like a young kid, um, I, I was pretty, I was pretty salty about that, right? Because we mm-hmm. we had to, or uh, like they said, we met because he was my guitar teacher for a little bit, mm-hmm. and um, we had spent so long practicing, you know, guitar with each other. We were very. Uh, we're talking about hours. When my music store would close, we'd sit there for hours just working on one solo for one song, yeah. just to get it perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. Sometimes it takes that. Yeah, you're very progressive rock, progressive metal sounding. You know, it, going from that to, to battle cries to trust. You know, we've been fortunate to, to get to participate in, in the different uh, moving styles. You know, in rock. Now, trust you know? sounded a little more like you know we said this, but like grungy. I mean, did you guys do that on purpose or that? yeah, a different feel well, to it? It was at the time, so. On, on, on your guitar string, you know, biggest string is a, is a low E string. And when we heard a lot of this stuff that was coming out of Seattle, Freddie probably recognized it before I did because I'm always I've always been the old man who, you know, <laughs> I know what I know, I know a lot, right? But like I don't like outside music that's different from what my comfort zone is. Mm-hmm. 
I like song bands. I always have. I'm a Beatles, Creedence, Clearwater, Eagles, awesome. Elvis. I, I like bands that have melody and, you know, cool words, stuff like that. I was always a songwriter at heart. A guitar is a secondary thing to me, but I only play guitar so I can write songs. Doesn't mean not a good guitar player. Me and Freddie both, uh, we put in our time so that we can learn the ins and outs of modes, everything. And we share our information with each other as well as all of our plugins on our DAWs all the time. But I think when we heard that, that low chunk that some of these bands like Soundgarden were coming out with, some of the grunt stuff appealed to us. Some of it didn't. I was one of the few guys that thought Nirvana was pretty cool because it was different. Mm-hmm. And I that the 80s couldn't continue on. I knew something had to change because it had gotten so sterile that I couldn't tell Jackal from Trickster. You know? <laughs> right, <laughs> right, yeah. They just sounded the same. And one thing, other things that I thought was so unique about us is we had a very unique singer. You know, James didn't sound like anybody, maybe a little bit like the Scorpions guy, but he was a wonderful singer. He, he probably still is. But then Randy also sang, and he'd walk around singing Queensryche stuff, and we're looking at each other going, how do we get all these singers in the same band? Up until the next album that's coming out, no one's heard Freddie sing, but they're going to hear him on this because I'm getting him involved a lot in the way I think that like Nuno and uh, Gary Cerrone are like in Extreme. Yeah, you know, cool. The closest blend that I've ever sang with other than my brother. Okay. Uh, we blend really well together. And I think the reason that I, I knew Nirvana would be the thing that changed everything is because they had tapped out on what the 80s could, could give anyone. You know, the 70s to me were a lot more varied in their ideas because the Eagles didn't sound anything at all like, you know, Glenn Campbell mm-hmm. and Abbott sounded all like Yvonne Elliman. And there was so much music that was out. The 80s got a lot more focus. There was just pop and then there was kind of glam and hard rock. So I was going to come next, but I, you could have asked me a billion different ways of explaining it. And there's no way I could tell you what I thought was such a disastrous decade for music, which was the 90s. Yeah, that's for sure. Right. I totally I mean, agree. Right now, but that's just I, that was when you didn't even have to know what key you were in, or a guitar solo didn't matter anymore. And the singers, there's only a handful of great things. Chris Cornell to me was just the, the best thing that's ever walked the face of the planet. But there was so much that was just lost on me as a fan because I just didn't right. like all. I think Randy and Freddie responded better to the '90s stuff than I did. But I was in my 30s at the time and going, I can't sing along to this. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I, I hear totally what you're saying, yeah. and I, I feel the same way. Did you guys break up for a while in the 90s? Yeah, after Trust, we um, we reinvented ourselves a bit because music had just gotten... The rock music had become something we didn't really want to do like that, uh, which is kind of sad because Randy had such a place that could have done so well in grunge, but we just didn't want to pursue it. It wasn't fun anymore. The label had just left. We were without a label, and so we started playing country music. Oh, wow, and Ooh, I, that's a swerve. Wow. Yeah, me and another, well, country music had become what? It had just become 80s arena rock. Yeah, it was pretty uh, big in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, it was huge in the 90s. Yeah, so we were kind of into that, and uh, we got to the point where we were just about to get a record deal with, I, we were talking with Curb Records in 96, I think it was 96 or 97, and uh, a week after we went back there and shot videos with the Rascal Flatts videographer and stuff, oh, wow. my little brother. And when he died, my whole world mm. fell apart. Mm. Sorry. I, sorry, sorry about that. About that. <laughs> so what made you guys decide to get back together? And what was it, Rise, that you guys did? Well, Rise was my first attempt because I had just gotten so much email that um, that people still wanted to hear stuff. So I had went from having a $100,000 studio to 
not the gear that I really need. I really should have waited, but I was the only one on Rise that was from the band. I had a drummer friend who had a really good uh, wife singer who was one of my favorite singers ever. Her name was Amanda. She's a great singer. Yes, I heard a track off of that, and I was very impressed. Yeah, but the production lacked. And I knew that if we were going to do this again, we, we've got to get back to the gear that I used to have and uh, get some familiar pieces. So Rise came and it went. The only thing that really came really, really positive from that is there's five songs on there that I'd written specifically for it. And I love songs, and we're going to redo them in some capacity. Me and Freddie are already kicking Me and Fred kind of come up with the ideas of what we're going to do, and then we'll pitch them to John and Malcolm. And Matt, they're always cool with whatever we want to do. So we're looking at maybe releasing those five songs next year after Carnival of Sins comes out. I've had a hard time trying to track that album down, too. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep searching. I love the treasure hunt. <laughs> He'll find it. Yeah. If anyone's going to find it, he will. Yes. I got them. I got them in boxes right over here in the corner of this room. Oh wow! Okay, I might have to order one from you guys then. Wow. We'll give us the dress after, and I'll send you everything we got. I've got Grave Digger, EVs, and Rise. I'll send you all three. All right. Yeah. It's sonic difference right out of the gate. You know. Whatever happened to your singer for that album? They just moved on. I think she. I think they got divorced, and she got remarried, and he got remarried, and um, mm. I touch with, with uh, her more than I do him. I don't know where he's at, but we parted on good terms. There was no no bad blood. Wonderful okay. people. Yeah. Okay. And I love for him. So. But then years go by, and Freddie had been gone for a while, and me and Freddie were always the musical guys that we we just love bouncing ideas off each other because we both think alike, but totally different. I can cut all my tracks. I don't know how Night Ranger did it, but I, I'll cut all my tracks and give them to Fred, and he makes them his own, and they just mm. gel. Nice. So most are basically the same thing, but we don't. We might play different inversions of the same thing, so it makes the mix bigger. But um, Freddie had come back around, around, was it 2019? And I was already working on some demos. Mm-hmm. And I only sang on the demos because I was going around to sing on them, but I never even thought I could sing. I mean, I knew I could, but I didn't, re- I never, I never saw myself singing at all. You loved it in and, the shower. Yeah. <laughs> well, behind my back, Freddie was sending these demos to John going, hey, how do you think this is? And he kept going, is that Randy? Man, it sounds just like Randy. And he goes, nope. He goes, that's Stace. And he goes, no, it's not. He goes, well, yeah, it is. So then he played for Malcolm. Malcolm already knew that I, I could do that stuff. The funny thing is that no one knows this, is I was trying to get Freddie to sing because he's got a killer voice. So Freddie hit me up. He goes, hey, uh, I played this for John, and I played it for Jr., who's been a you know lifelong friend of ours who mixes our stuff. And they both were like, "Hey, we should maybe," you know. So we started demoing up the tracks, and Freddie was going to be on EVs, but then he had to move, and so it ended up in me, Malcolm, and we um, put it together. It came out, and a year later we put out Grave Digger. Grave Digger was more stuff that I just had to write kind of for that album in a short amount of time. And I think it turned out pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah. this, this next project we're working on, I'll let you tell, tell them about it, Fred. Start a little thin. So yeah, this next album, it'll have about two or three songs that we weren't able uh, to do on, on Battle Cries as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, to answer your question, we, you know, Stacey and I are the closest that, that you'll ever see. We never stopped doing music. You know, we, we he, you know, whether it was me doing his session guitar stuff while he was producing somebody, We've never not really been out of touch with each other. You know, like right. they said, I, I had to, to move further south about two and a half hours for work. But 
you know, the the brain stuff coming back, that it was just a, it was really kind of a, a I don't want to call it a joke, but we were it were heavy doing a lot of R and B and a lot of country stuff for people. You know, one day I, I say something like, "Hey, do you mind if I demo?" Uh, you know, I've always wondered is what the song was, and he was like, "You can go ahead, but you know that you know, I'm, I'm just not into the, yeah." Rehash of the songs. And I he called it the Robert's Graveyard. Yeah. <laughs> and he always tells <laughs> to resurrect somebody. Yeah, so I, I ended up demoing it. He, he, he had actually, I had not known, but he he, uh, he recorded Stevie's, uh, what was that, 2007, 2008, something like that? No, it was later now, it was like 20. Yeah, so, so you know, after I, I did my version of I was, I've Always Wondered, he goes, hey, maybe you'd want to do this one. And um, that was Stevie's. So we, um, yeah, it, it, it's kind of true. We, we've never lost touch musically. We've always been heavily involved awesome. in music. That's awesome. Good. Once yeah. your friends, your friends. Yeah. More like brothers. Right well, here. you know, you're going to feel that on this next record, too, because neither one of us need another guitar player to make an album, mm-hmm. but the depth and the breadth we get on the arrangements are so much better. We have an actual song on this album that came from Freddie just playing this little silly acoustic thing. I go, hey, what's that? So I got on the piano and I started mimicking what he was doing and and sometimes that's how these songs come. They just, they just flow. Yeah. He came back the next day. I go, hey, check this out. And I play it for him. He goes, what's that? And I go, that's how Ricky played me yesterday. And he goes, that's just so that's you're, ta- you're talking a slow song because yeah. I love slow yeah, songs. He's, he's the king oh, of the ballads. Yeah. It's actually going to be called Lifeline. Okay. okay. Awesome. I can't wait to hear it. When is the uh, release date? Do you guys have a time frame for that? You know, if it was up to me, it would be next week. And then, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know the, the, the thing is you know space has a, a very successful store out here where we're at so we, you know during the day we're just blasted with our regular day job but i would say within the next six months to the next 15 years probably <laughs> <laughs> hopefully well, sooner than later well, yeah all right. well the reason because this man has no patience he's like as soon as we got something in his house he goes Dude, just mix it and let's release it tonight. And I'm like, uh, no. Well, I can I, relate. I get bored, guys. If, if I'm hearing my guitar track for what, more than a couple hours, I'm just done with it. I can't send myself to play again. But um, <laughs> that's what happens. You know, uh, when Faith says it, it bores me, it's only because I just want to hear something always new, you know? So right, right. I think real shortly, uh, at the very least, we'll have a single out from this album. I'd say within the next. Order, something like that. Before the year's out, there'll, okay, be, a, there'll okay. be a thing. I can't awesome. wait for that. Start pre sales of the album because when we start that, I, don't, I can't even believe people listen to us still, but we there's people all over the world that, that listen to us. And mm-hmm. uh, we start pre sales, you start seeing how deep it goes. And we get analytics, you know, every every week that show right. us. I mean, while this war is going on in Ukraine, there's somebody in Ukraine listening to the Brave, and I, that, that gives you that's awesome. Kind of a, yeah, oh, you know, right. Um, yep. But we're looking. We're looking at hopefully the first quarter. It may be later than that. One thing about my predictions is they're usually wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not Nostradamus. <laughs> right. So are you guys but, gonna uh, you guys gonna tour on yeah. this album or thinking about that? We're or? working. Darth Plumber Management. Uh, Darth Dorn is uh, Dorn is uh, the head of that, and he runs uh, Immortal Fest. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to be in, in Immortal Fest this year, but then because of Trace's booking schedule, Trace Atkins, right. our drummer, for Mm-hmm. Uh, we weren't able to commit to it, but hopefully this next year. Touring is a kind of a tougher predicament for us because we're in four different states. Mm-hmm. And right. one about me is I require a band to rehearse 
so that we can learn our cues, see each other, get mm-hmm. a feel for how something's live. Because what you hear on record is never the way it sounds live. Usually we were right. a better band live. But, you know, we're not saying yes, we're not saying no. We're just going to let God open up whatever doors right. he's going to open up. Sure, yeah. Well, and- I'm, I'm going to say this. If you guys do go out on tour, I uh, just purchased a building that I'm going to try to open a concert venue. Awesome. So it's going to hold about 800 people. Wow. So my friend for 40 years is financially backing me. So awesome. Yeah, I'm working on this in our area. It's in Portland, Indiana. Yeah, oh. it's in the middle of nowhere actually, because there's nothing to do here. <laughs> That's so, <laughs> so. So I don't yeah. know. A lot of people around here are excited about it, but yeah, if you guys are on tour, man, I'll I'll get a hold of you guys. Oh, and, that'd, uh, be, that'd be awesome. I'd love schmutz. to have you guys there. We would probably be more like Fear Not, where we have to take spot gigs because of our work schedule. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see us going out on a consistent tour, but I could see lining up a you know a, a run of shows okay. until we go out and out in you know a week or two. Well, yeah, yeah absolutely. Know. So you guys are thinking about going to the Immortal Fest next year? Or? We spent the last year thinking about going this year, but, but it didn't work. <laughs> As me and Schmutz were there, we went to the first show to see Deliverance and Disciple mm-hmm. and One Bad Pig, and you know that is a good turnout. It was good. Hopefully, we'll see you guys there next year. We hope so. Now, I was going to ask you guys, kind of curious about this. Did you guys ever play Cornerstone? No, we didn't. Uh, Cornerstone, we wanted to play. I, I can't remember why we didn't get there. We did uh, We did Creation, though, uh, okay. with uh, Matt Was it where, Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania, yeah. Okay, I've uh, yeah, heard of that. Gosh. Yeah, it was a, a big lineup. I know one night, Amy Grant uh, headlined, and mm-hmm. the next night, who's the guy that fell off the stage? Stephen Curtis. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that was close. We got the cornerstone guys, but no, we we didn't end up doing it. Hmm. Did you guys ever have any other favorite bands that you like to tour with? Right. Okay. One Without of my favorites. Pick, when we were we were with them. Now picture this: if you were to pick when was Bride Prime, if you pick anything other than Snakes in the Playground, I wouldn't agree with you. But we were on the road with them when Battle Cries and Snakes in the Playground were on top of the chart, and night after night, Dale Thompson would. Uh, come out and do what he does, he stupefied us, all of us. And, and it couldn't have been cooler. We're still friends today, but he was just so amazing to watch. And, you know, and don't get me wrong, James was just as fun to watch because James live, he was a killer. He was what you hoped he would be. That's what James was. So it was a really good build, and we all liked playing together. But I would say if we had to pick who we liked playing with the most, it was Brian and, and definitely Guardian. Okay. Awesome. I've seen Brian, but I've never seen Guardian before. Wish I could oh, have. They're awesome. Yeah, they were they were they were great guys to watch play last They were having a blast, and we loved watching them. Tony was one of our favorite players too. So awesome. Do you guys have any favorite songs that you like to play live? Oh man, there are a ton of them. I, I can't wait to play. I've always wondered live, man. Some and there's gonna be some that you guys hear that are, gosh, they're, the songs are older than my my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Jason and I have, have this song called Breathe. Um, it was it was after the break. Shortly, I'd say about two or three years after the, the break fully disbanded. But same thing. I, I, I don't know what we were in. in Jason had a converted garage into his studio at one of his houses. And um, one day we were we were recording all this country stuff for somebody. And then, you know, we're just around talking about, you know, how we should do this part and that part. And, you know, we start messing around there's this complete song you know every now and then you hear people say you know the song just writes itself i, I always used to say that's one of the dumbest i've ever heard but <laughs> I, 
you know, I, the song Breathe, and I, I don't know if it'll be the first single, but it, it'll probably be one of the, the singles, uh, singles on this next coming album. I'll tell you, if it's not the first single, then we're going to have something that's better. And right now there's about three other contenders that might take it out. That's awesome. Good. We're fighting together. The, the coolest stuff that's coming out that I think we've had in a while. Yeah. Okay. So Awesome. So many of them. We had a lot of fun doing live. Uh, it's I in Love was a lot of fun. I Love. That was a good one. Uh, waiting, uh, just like Jesus, my favorite. Yeah, favorite. I love uh, that song. Like, that song's got me through some nights, guys. So I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> He's got many. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. Freddie had to audition on three songs to get into the band, and two of them were on Battle Cries, "Big World" and uh, "Waiting." Oh, really? really? Wow. Yeah. Well, actually, waiting. Uh, I wasn't in the band. I, I, I was. You were a fan. I was just rooting for him. Okay, That's and, a uh, good way to start out. Yeah. Yeah. One night, one night he, you know, while he had his music store, I was late. Somebody had called out sick, and he couldn't make it to the gig in time. And so James, Randy, and Malcolm come up and say, "Hey, do you think you can play these three tunes?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course." And uh, you know, at the time, "Waiting" was, was still my favorite. Mm. And uh, my mom's the original fifth member of the Brave, right? <laughs> like, yeah. That's awesome. So. Even with her, it, it was waiting. Yeah, that, that is actually the way I got the gig. It, it was being able to play that song. We did it live, uh, you know, I'd say two, three weeks later. Wow. Not even more than that with, with, uh, with Randy. Yeah, crazy, man. With uh, the song Alive off Gravedigger. Mm-hmm. That, that was our go-to song. And then when, when we would open up with that, people would love it because James would go in and do this high scream. So when we decided to cut it, <laughs> I'm going... Do I have to do that part? Yeah, <laughs> but I I did it, and it was it, I got there. I mean, it, it took me a minute, but I I was able to get there. So awesome. it's, it's following the song here because to step up to the plate in the brave, you have to be able to sing like Randy and then sing like James, and that ain't no small feat, you know. No, no it's absolutely not. not. You know, one thing that was kind of funny, Jason and I, we probably would have kept doing the brave even after. Randy, if, if we could have found the musicians that we, we you know we kind of heard in our head, what's kind of funny is I look back at it and go, man, we probably wasted about fifteen or twenty years because neither you and I wanted to get up in front of the mic, yeah. and then we ended up having to do it anyway. So, and now we're both singing. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems to happen sometimes. The last few questions for you guys here: If you guys could open up for any band in the past, present, or future, who would it be? For me, it would be Striper. I, I saw Striper. Good choice. Record. Yeah, I'm born and raised in Hawaii. 85, 86, I saw the, the Hell with the Devil tour. Another day, different story, but Oz actually was pretty close to becoming the singer on the Trust album. And uh, Yeah, we actually met with him at the Denny's. I read that. Yeah, I, I did read too. That's amazing. about that. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, for sure, man. You know, Michael Sweet still probably one of my favorite, I'd say, top five rock singers. So, yeah, I'd love to to be able to play with Trevor. I just went and saw Strike Whiskey in June when they played with Fear Not. Me and Larry, are, we, we maintained our friendship over the years. We're good buddies. We're working on some stuff together, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went down there to, to see him, and Michael still sounds great. But I'd, I'd probably agree with Freddie. Probably, if we're going to open up with somebody, I would, I would have loved for it to be Striper. Or on maybe a little bit bigger scale, Bon Jovi. Okay, I have a question for you on that Bon Jovi He's been thing. waiting to ask this. That's crazy you say that, because... On the Eve's Little Garden, you have the song Love Automatic. Yeah. 
that song reminded me of a Bon Jovi song. I get a lot of that. I'm a huge Bon Jovi fan. Okay. I was wondering. That's so, awesome. Uh, Luke Easter, who's a buddy of mine, um, one of the things that he and I both agree on is we both love early Bon Jovi. We both Early Bon Jovi, yes. yes. Same here. Yes. I honestly think Bon Jovi had an album come out in 2012 that wasn't one of the ones that had all the hits on it, but it's such a solid record. I can't remember what it's called right now. I think it's, um, I can't remember what it's called. But it's, Hang on, let me look it up quick. But if I had to say who I probably sound like, it's probably Bon Jovi. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I that song. I heard that song and I love it. And I was like, man, this kind of reminds me of Bon Jovi. Well, thanks, man. So, That's a compliment. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No problem at all. Main. Is it what about now? Yeah, that's it. So some of you guys is like main influences. You'd probably say would be like Striper and Bon Jovi. I mean, is there anybody else that really influences you guys? Queensrÿche for Fred and me, okay. and I'd probably. I'd say Dawkin, man. Dawkin, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're going to go see those guys here in about another month. Yeah. Well, are you seeing Dawkin or Dawkin with George Lynch? <laughs> well, unfortunately, George Lynch ain't with them. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not Dawkin. <laughs> yeah, it's half the Dawkin. <laughs> we'll take what we can get. Yeah, we've never seen them before, so. Well, I, I think uh, band-wise, that's to influence this. Vocally for me, Bon Jovi. I love Oni Logan from the Lynch Mob record. The original oh, yes, yeah. I love Lynch Mob. He's a big fan. Yeah, but Freddie, uh, little Tony Harnell from TNT. Okay. Yeah, he's uh, awesome. That's who he reminds me of. He's got a range like that. Oh, wow. And I'm getting some pictures relief on this album because sometimes when there's a... I don't know why I write for in such high registers. My wife is coming. She goes, you know, you always say that you don't want to be too high, but everything you write's in the ozone. And I go, well, that's just where it feels like it should come from. Well, Big Steve Perry. Um, Big Steve Perry, yeah, yeah. Cool. Freddie's probably more like, uh, he's got a little Jeff Tate and a little uh, Tony Harnell in him, I think. Okay. okay. What do you guys think of the newer Queensryche stuff? I haven't heard it. Hit and miss. Yeah, it's, it's hit or miss. Yeah. He's a great singer, and he can definitely do the job. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you, if you want to hear a singer that does a better job of replacing someone outside of Kelly Hansen for Foreigner, who's dead on. Yeah. Um, yes. Eric, I think he's left him with Greenwald for Skid Row. Man, he's, oh, he's got yes. I love, and he was in the band Heat. Yeah, you guys yeah. check out Before Heat. that, and those guys oh, are super good. Yeah, very good. Yeah, very good. I loved Heat. I just went and saw Skid Row not a few months ago with Buck cool. Cherry, and it was awesome. Actually, the, the number one band that I'd love to, to play with, a dream gig, would be King's X. I, I love King's X. Their first four albums are phenomenal. Yeah. Wow. Can't say I like some of their newer stuff. It's kind of hit or miss, but... I'm with you on that. Yeah, we're going to have to explore more of King's X on our podcast there, Schmutz. I don't think we've talked about them yet. Not too much, no. I would also say, for me as a songwriter, my biggest influence is the Beatles. Always has been, always will be. Okay. Awesome. I love Electric Light Orchestra. Mm-hmm. Jeff Lynn's one of my kind of harkens to the Beatles. I, I always have a, a time awesome. for. I actually seen King's X years ago. They opened up for Dio, believe it or not. It was kind, oh, of, kind of a. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, it, it was a really killer concert. Well, that would hurt people's neck because you had to look really low to see Dio and really high to see Doug Penning. Yeah, that was <laughs> very true. That's a good one. I like it. So I was going to ask you who are some of your favorite like rock and metal bands of the 80s and 90s. We both agree on Dawkins. Probably Rat. Oh, I love uh, Rat. Yes. Definitely Striper. I mean, Striper. Mm-hmm. You take Striper out of the 80s, and I'm not really that big of a fan of the 80s. Yeah. No, wow. But Ooh. they... The uh, Bon Jovi for me, mm-hmm. Skid Row. I like. Oh, I love Skid Row. 
in the nineties, I'm going to give Freddie that question because I didn't like anybody. Yeah, you know, for <laughs> me, there are some things that I've listened to that not a lot of people face would make fun of me. But back then, I was a big fan. Uh, Roundness, the Japanese band from. Yeah, I like loudness. loudness. Yes, and uh, Racer X. I was a big Racer X head. You know, not having if Chris wasn't around, we probably Randy and I probably would have gotten too caught up in trying to sound so progressive rock. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so to have Chase write melody like the way he does, I think that that bailed us out. Cause if it wasn't that, we'd probably sound like another mm-hmm. maybe sick Dream Theater album that not a lot of people, you know, of the general public would know. But yeah. Pretty much that. I, I don't think there's too many bands that say that I don't share a like to. But yeah, I listen to a lot of that. So did you like a lot of the grunge stuff in the 90s too? No, you know, uh, yeah, I'm the youngest one in the band. But no, it, it, like they said, it, I, I was a big, still am. I, I love Alice in Chains. Aside from them, I wasn't into the, the 90s rock. Did you ever like Mad Seasons? Have you heard that album? I have. I, I didn't get too much into them, but... I can't, you know, Faith and I, we, we do the stupid thing where... Well, everything we do is stupid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but every time we there, we'll, we'll talk to the whole day while we're in the studio, just like singing a Dewey Brothers song or, or Michael, you know, we'll mimic Michael McDonald and, and talk to each other that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah like that. <laughs> I, man, I can't, I can't, there's just so many. There is one, there is one that we would agree on in in the 90s. You know, there were a few bright moments. I can't really point to a lot of them, but one of them was an album called Euphoria Morning by Chris Cornell. Yes, okay. that is extremely good. Yeah. Amazing. I know, that was a crash course in a different kind of songwriting, but some of the best vocals I've ever heard. Yeah, in my that, life. Yes. that guy is awesome. Yes. We just did a podcast on Soundguard, yep. Chris Cornell. I've learned a lot of stuff. Really appreciate those guys even more. Yep. Yeah. The other Seattle bands, I'm not real huge on. I warmed up to them I like later Soundgarden. on. I like Soundgarden. Yeah. I mean, I liked a few yeah. Pearl Jam songs and Screaming Trees. A, and that they were supposed to come out. We we only heard them and heard the album um, because Neil Kernan was mixing it. Plus, like, was this one? Uh, no, they were already big. They were just mixing them, too. I think they were supposed to be called Doctor Unknown or something yeah. unknown. But uh, that was but, the best thing I heard coming out of. But uh, they're still unknown. Uh, right. Okay. <laughs> That's the name. <laughs> Watching this stuff for us, I think we're more to heart than, than anything else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll take heart in anyone from San Francisco. Night Ranger, Journey, Mario. Yep. Oh, oh, I yeah. love all those bands. Yeah, that's awesome. How about Metallica? I think they're from San Francisco, oh, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, they're cool. That's yeah. how they're with Metallica 86 and Justin Borah. It was awesome. That's awesome. Yes. Earlier Metallica. Yeah. A lot better than the newer stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Freddie, he has two sons. I have two daughters. His sons are my godsons. Okay. Okay. And awesome. The oldest one, Joey, Freddie's first job was with me at a music store. Joey's first job is working for me at my grocery store. I've had <laughs> two generations of scenes in my tail. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. Now they're my family. So. Heck yeah. I'd love to work at a record store. That'd be like a dream job for me. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I spent a lot of money in those places in the past. That's for sure. They said the ton of vinyls is like like placed in refrigerators in the store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. One last question for you guys here: What is next for the Brave? Well, Carnival of Sins, which is the name of our next album, will come out early next year. 
the thing that shifted our dynamic was Freddie coming back. So uh, when now that he comes back, for me it's playtime. So it's uh, I can <laughs> I can ideas that rather than I me have to flesh it out, I can turn him loose with it for a couple of days and see where it goes, and then add to that. So it gives a whole different dimension to our songwriting. He's co-wrote half the album with me. Mm-hmm. Um, as time goes on, we'll probably do everything together. But sometimes I just get a wild hair and. I mean, he was staying with me for a bit, and I remember I came out of the shower one morning before I went to work, and I said, dude, record this real quick. And it was the chorus that is exactly what I played for him, is exactly what the chorus is, the Carnival of Sin. Ooh, it's awesome. one for Eagles to come out if Reed doesn't beat it out, and it might. Yeah. So one of those, I think we'll hear maybe, we'll release before the album, um, but I would say in the next two, three months, you guys should hear one of them. And we should have some video support for these, too, like we did on EVs. But to do that, we've, we've got to go back east to be with the guys so that we can all be in the same place, you know. So that'll be that'll be a lot of fun to do. Yeah. But I awesome. say so the next thing up is definitely releasing Carnival of Sin. And I'm telling you, get your Sonic headdresses on because we got some good stuff on this. Stuff that you've never even heard us do before. That That's I awesome. think of. And we can't wait we'll to hear that. Can't yeah. wait. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Gentlemen, thank you for coming on the show here. Yeah, I mean, we definitely appreciate it. This is awesome. Oh, I mean, we love your music. Yeah, and glad yeah. you gave us a little thank info you. on your new material there, too. Gives us something to look forward to here in the future. And thanks for giving us two nicknames from two guys that we've never heard anyone have. <laughs> <laughs> you guys heard it? <laughs> We're glad we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> We'd like to thank both you guys for coming on here and giving us your time. We really appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah, anytime, guys. Thank you. So, Schmutz, we'd like to thank Spotify, Podbean, and all that crazy stuff. And what Nikki Lane says. If it's too loud, you're too old. God bless, and we'll see you next time. Keep rocking out there, everyone. Mm-hmm.